Thanks for checking out Chemistry Connections on the Hopewell Valley Student Podcasting Network, a proud partner of HVSPN.com, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions represented within this episode are those of the content creators only. Please enjoy the show. Connections. My name is Beth Hooks. And my name is Emily Sawicki. And we are your hosts for episode number 15 called The Chemistry of Happiness. Today we'll be discussing serotonin and its effects on the brain. So serotonin is a neurotransmitter found in the blood, the gastrointestinal tract, and the central nervous system. It acts as a neurotransmitter and a vasoconstrictor, and it helps with stabilizing mood, regulating bowel movements, and allowing blood to clot. And a lack of serotonin in the brain is thought to have an influence on mental illnesses, including depression, uh, bipolar disorder, and anxiety. Because it helps balance mood, it's often called the happy Happy chemical. chemical. Serotonin is a molecule made up of covalent bonds that connect carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, and oxygen. The molecule has 26 sigma bonds and 4 pi bonds. So a double bond represents 1 sigma bond and 1 pi bond and single bonds represent one sigma bonds. And serotonin is also a very polar molecule, so it has the need to form hydrogen bonds between the serotonin molecules because of the very polar hydroxyl group on the side. Um, So in a hydrogen bond, a hydrogen atom that is covalently bonded to an oxygen, nitrogen, or fluorine atom is attracted to another very polar oxygen, nitrogen, or fluorine atom on a separate serotonin molecule. And because of these strong attractions, serotonin actually has some pretty interesting properties. Uh, It has a melting point of 167.5 degrees, which compared to water, which has a melting point at 0 degrees Celsius, is actually pretty high. It also has a higher boiling point, too, at 416 degrees Celsius. So that means at room temperature, it's actually solid. When the covalent bonds are broken down, a byproduct is created. So when doctors try to measure serotonin levels, they actually can't measure the serotonin levels themselves. They measure the byproducts created when the molecule is broken down. So by using the ideas of stoichiometry, if there's more reactants, in this case serotonin, then there'll be more products, which in this case is the byproduct of serotonin. Yeah, so when someone has abnormally low serotonin levels, it's because they actually have less measurable byproducts. And this is commonly linked to mental illnesses such as depression. And tryptophan is used in the production of serotonin, so not having enough of it will result in decreased levels of serotonin. Yeah, so in the treatment of depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety, all of those, it's common for patients to use synthetic serotonin because the body can't produce enough. Um, The blood-brain barrier is unable to be crossed by serotonin directly, so the reactants need to produce it are actually often used in the form of dietary supplements so that they can cross over and then make it. Um, Synthetic products of serotonin are also used indirectly, although less commonly, um, and they, like, indirectly affect serotonin levels in the brain. The production of this is pretty similar to how our bodies get serotonin, because serotonin is made from the essential amino acid tryptophan, which our bodies can't produce. In order to make this, they use, the use of enzymes are required, and they act as catalysts. Tryptophan 5-hydroxylase, which is an enzyme, is the catalyst for the rate-determining step of this. Yeah, and so catalysts are pretty helpful in the production of serotonin. So catalysts increase the rate of reaction by providing a different pathway and lowering the activation energy of the reaction. 
Um, in the biosynthesis of serotonin specifically, energy is required to break apart the covalent bonds within the tryptophan reactant. And since covalent bonds are so strong and difficult to break, a lot of energy is required. So not as many particles have enough energy to proceed through the reaction. And given this, the catalyst tryptophan hydroxylase is used to lower the activation energy. So if it lowers it, more particles have the required energy to proceed through the reaction, and therefore the reaction happens faster and actually occur. And when the reaction happens faster, um, more serotonin is produced. So basically, if the enzymes needed for catalysis are missing, less of the serotonin will be produced. And so the introduction of these enzymes into the gut is needed to maintain a healthy balance of serotonin. This catalyst is introduced into the body by ingesting food. Um, certain foods have more tryptophan, which is the reactant needed in the synthesis of serotonin. So by ingesting foods that include this molecule, uh, you're going to increase your serotonin levels. And some of these foods, um, there's, there's plenty of them, but some of them are salmon, eggs, spinach, milk, uh, contain the tryptophan and therefore contain the products needed to make serotonin. Therefore, you know, eating some of these foods will actually make you happier. Yeah, and tryptophan is an essential amino acid, so it can only be introduced into the body by food. And this is one reason that people with eating disorders have a higher probability of developing mental illnesses, including depression and anxiety. Um, and we actually have a pretty personal connection to this. Just like most people, I'd assume we want to be happy. Picking a topic surrounding the idea of happiness seemed pretty interesting. However, most of our research actually ended up going in a different direction towards mental health disorders and the lack of serotonin often associated with these conditions. While this isn't as uplifting of a topic, it is definitely still very important. Um, for example, one of the most common conditions associated with lower serotonin levels, depression, is diagnosed in 17.3 million American adults. And this is only the number of people with a formal diagnosis, so the expected value is likely much higher. With so many people struggling, learning about just one possible cause is pretty important for gaining an understanding of mental health in general. I've personally struggled with mental health issues for over a decade, so I found this pretty interesting. And it may not have been the happy, cheerful route that we originally had planned, but that doesn't make it any less valuable. Exactly. And the Google searches of two juniors aren't exactly going to make any breakthroughs in the research of mental health. But the more topics like these are studied, the closer we get to finding a true cure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Chemistry Connections. For more student-ran podcasts and digital content, make sure that you visit www.hbspn.com.